Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at World Talk Radio or twitter.com forward slash World Talk Radio. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. This is Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. As you know, we're here to have a good time, to talk about how we can do better, be better, have a happier life. I broadcast from sunny Arizona, and today it is sunny, but it's a little chilly. And I know the East is getting it big time, so if I could send you some warmth and thawing, I would do that. As you know, our theme song is No More Mr. Nice Guy, and we have that for a reason. And the reason is that when you do a lot of self-improvement work and you really start to take your power back, sometimes you realize that you've been saying yes when you should say no. And when you start saying no, some people don't like it, and they think you're not so nice anymore. Hang in there. One of these days, they'll think you're nice again, and you'll still be clicking along with self-improvement. We're looking for some sponsors, Uh, anybody who'd like to have some exposure on this show and on the Self-Improvement blog would like to welcome you to call Scott Duffy at Voice America or me at the uh, Self-Improvement blog. You can find me through there. Uh, We'll give you a lot of exposure. As you may know by now, we believe in shameless promotion of our sponsors and our guests. Uh, We think they work hard and they deserve all the recognition they can get. I certainly want to thank our engineer, Chad. He makes us sound good even when sometimes we don't. And we want to thank Voice America for making it possible. Last week, if you remember, we talked to Jeff Spinard, who's the head of Voice America. We had a little walk down memory lane, and we talked about some of the things they're going to be doing in the future. And I'm telling you, if you want to have a radio show, this is the place to come, because everything's going to be happening at Voice America World Talk Radio. Next week's guest is Dr. Eleanor Schottstad. She's a pulmonologist, an internist, and a sleep specialist. We're going to be talking about the importance of sleep and what you can do to get enough Zs. This week's guest is Dr. Joe Hardy, and I think he probably has the best job in the world. He's a senior director of research and development at Lumos Labs. That means he does research that helps them develop brain games. 
Uh, my vision of what they do is they sit and play games all day, but I'm sure that's not quite right. He's going to tell us just what they do. Dr. Hardy has over 15 years of experience studying the brain and has published 20 peer-reviewed scientific articles on neuroscience and cognition. In other words, he knows what he's talking about. Um, he completed a postdoctoral research fellowship at the University of California Davis Medical Center in 2004 and since then has been focused on creating and testing programs to enhance cognition. And we're going to talk about just what that means. Joe, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Well, thank you very much, Irene. It's good to be here. Oh, we're absolutely delighted. I, I have this passion for games, and since I found you, I've been using more time in my day to play games, but these are, these are having some payoffs already. But let's start out by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, who are you, Joe, and how did you come to be interested in the brain in the first place? How did that lead you into developing brain games? Well, uh, I've been interested in uh, the brain really since I started studying psychology, I guess, in college. Uh, I think it's just a fascinating organ. Uh, there's so much complexity of the human brain. It's, it's more complex by many orders of magnitude than any computer or machine that we've been able to develop or could even conceive of at this point. And it really is the, the part of your body that creates your experiences. It's, you know, when you think of yourself. I mean, you're really talking about your experiences that you have through your brain. So I, I've been uh, interested in the brain and, and uh, thinking or cognition uh, for a long time. And, you know, really, when I got involved in neuroscience and psychology, I was interested in making a difference and figuring out ways to help people with this emerging science. And the science really has been emerging and developing at an incredible rate over the past couple of decades. You know, the, if I look back to even what we understood about the brain and cognition when I was in graduate school, it, we've advanced so far since then. When, uh, it's, just, so. It seems like the dark ages, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It, uh, you know, we've, we've come so far, you know, even in just uh, the past 10 years or so, we've learned that the brain can actually create new neurons. Ten years ago, most neuroscientists thought, really, the brain is pretty much fixed, uh, you know, after a certain critical development period, and after that, all you do is lose neurons, and there, there's no new ones growing. We now know that neurogenesis is a normal part of, uh, uh, of, of brain function. That's just one example. But, you know, even more, we know that the brain can change itself in many ways uh, to improve and to change in, in all different uh, manners, and really that's what brain uh, training is all about. It's taking advantage of the brain's natural ability to change itself and, you know, harnessing that to help people uh, have better brains and be sharper. So when you were studying, when you were studying psychology and then got more and more interested in the brain, did you have an idea that you wanted to do something like this, or did you find brain games and become interested in them after you finished school. How, how did you get involved in brain games? I was uh, studying, uh, you know, when I, in graduate school, I was studying vision science mostly, which really is around the, the idea of the perception of the world around you, how your eyes and brain uh, come to create 
through uh, you know, the neurochemical processes that happen there, uh, the, your experiences of the world visually. And, uh, you know, I got really interested in, in, that, in the course of doing that and in, in doing something that would be more applied. I didn't want to just be uh, an ivory tower scientist who spent all of his time, uh, you, know, you know, working on grants and, um, and publishing papers. I wanted to do stuff that would actually help people. And uh, in the process of thinking about that, I got involved in doing some research in aging. So getting involved, I got involved uh, with some projects at the University of California Davis Medical Center uh, in the laboratory of Dr. Jack, Jack Warner and uh, got involved in, uh, you know, researching how the brain and eye change as, as you get older. And I thought that that was an opportunity to think about uh, some applications of neuroscience uh, that, that might be able to help people. And that's really that, that sort of desire to help people is really what got me involved in brain training and, and uh, cognitive training. Uh, at that time, uh, you know, I started to get more engaged in uh, actually creating brain games and uh, doing research into cognitive training. And that's, that's the path that really led me to Lumosity, where I am today. And, you know, uh, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to be able to, you know, do research, uh, you know, cutting-edge research. You know, we work with, you know, scientists from all over the world, you know, amazing institutions like Stanford and Harvard and, MIT and University of California, Berkeley, and places like that, and uh, and yet to like be able to take that cutting edge research and turn it into something that people can can do every day. And I know you've been playing Lumosity, so you you can uh, tell your fans a little bit about that and and uh, and what you what you think about it. Oh, I I love it. Um, I've I've been doing it eight days now, and you know what? I already see improvement. It's quite fascinating. I mean, some of them, you're very aware of the progress that you're making. But, but let's go back a little bit and tell us a little more about the kind of work you do at Lumosity. I know you're the head of research, um, but wh what does your day look like? What kind of projects do you get involved in? Yeah, we, uh, uh, you know, at Lumosity, we have, uh, you know, relationships with, uh, with researchers at different institutions. And that's a lot of what I do, is I spend <laughs> a lot of time working with scientists at other places, uh, universities, uh, all around the world. And I help them design and develop uh, tests of cognitive training. So the idea is that these researchers have specific questions that they're interested in answering. And I help them uh, develop protocols, research protocols, to test those questions using Lumosity. That's so one of you, the big things. You, de you design the program and then other people carry it out, or do you get some hands-on uh, involvement in the testing, right, in, the, in the games? And, you know. when, we, uh, you know, when we are working with uh, outside collaborators, the way we do that type of research is we really try to leverage the technology. So we really try to uh, let researchers do the work that they're interested in because we feel that, you know, it's much more believable when uh, an independent, uh, dispassionate third-party researcher from a place like Stanford or, you know, Harvard or something like that says, oh, when I tried this 
you know, cognitive training program in my population, I found that it really helped them. Uh, that seems to be a lot more effective than if, you know, Lumosity says, oh, we, we tested this program and it works. Um, so that's sort of the way we like to try to do it. We try to basically provide technologies that uh, allow these researchers to do the work that they're most interested in doing. So, also, go ahead. Sorry. We also have um, a lot of, uh, you know, a, we have the ability to, to learn a lot about cognition and about uh, brain change and brain improvement by observing the data that we actually have in our database. We have over 10 million people worldwide who have used Lumosity. So we know, uh, you know, based on how they perform, we know a lot about uh, the way that the brain changes through training just from that database. So you watch the scores uh, of the people who are playing your games. You watch them according to age, group, age groups or that sort of thing, and, and you can, you know, you can kind of deduce what's going on with your games. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly, yeah. We can look at, you know, for example, you might ask the question, uh, you know, do people of a certain age improve more than people of a, of a different age? Uh, you might suspect, for example, that uh, people who are, uh, you know, younger might improve more on some of the games. And we do see that to a certain extent, but for the most part, what we, do, what we mostly see is that people of any age can improve. And we see, you know, large improvements in performance on the games, uh, you know, across all things, so across the, you know, all various different demographic characteristics. Uh, Joe, yeah, hang on to that. Hang on to that thought. It's time for us to take a short break. This is Irene Conlon for the Self Improvement Show with my guest Joe Hardy. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take world talk radio on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market in sue mcdaniel's book i am heart she talks about feelings now sue is ready to bring her book blogs and topics of interest to the world talk radio variety channel I Am Heart will discuss concepts and ideas that affect all of us and will provide experts and solutions to help everyone. Sue, speaking through I Am Heart, will answer your questions, share your answers, and learn together with you. Each program will have topics you've suggested, homework to learn about yourself, and moments of connection. Tune in to I Am Heart, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. Sometimes it seems that life is just throwing you one obstacle after another. There are many people who have overcome or are overcoming their personal obstacles in order to succeed. Hear them talk about these barriers and how they overcame them on American Dreams, The Sky is the Limit, featuring host Jen Robertson. Jen herself overcame life struggles to become one of the most in-demand motivational speakers in the world today, as well as a best-selling author. Tune in to American Dreams, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
Follow the World Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at World Talk Radio. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the World Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash World Talk Radio or follow along with us at World Talk Radio, the World Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with her with our guest, Dr. Joe Hardy from Lumosity. We're talking about brain games and how they can help your cognition. We were talking about the kind of people that benefit the most. Let's continue with that, Joe. Uh, tell us a little more about the population you work with and how it benefits the specific age groups that do this, do these games. Sure. We uh, at Lumosity, you know, we work with people, you know, throughout the age range, really from everything from 13 to 103. Uh, we have people in all those different age groups uh, throughout the really, you know, I guess, late childhood and adult lifespan. And, 103? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, different people come to it for different reasons. But really, you know, lumosity and brain training is for anyone who wants to have a sharper brain. Okay, let me ask you this. How do your games differ from games, say, on a a site like Pogo, where you play a lot of different games? They're more um, regular games like Solitaire and Gin and those kind of things. You can gain, you can increase your brain function playing them as well, can't you? But how do, how, do your, how do yours differ? What can your games do that theirs don't? The big difference between uh, the cognitive training exercises on Lumosity and sort of typical casual games like Solitaire or even Crossword Puzzles or other sorts of games like that that you might play uh, is that they are uh, targeted they're adaptive, and they're comprehensive. So when I say targeted, I mean it's sort of like when you go to the gym, right? You have all of these different machines that work out different parts of your body. And Lumosity works the same way. All of these exercises target different parts of the brain and exercise them selectively. So when you want to gain a certain benefit, you can target that benefit very directly and exercise it. Okay, so, talk a little more about that. Give me some of the areas that you target. Sure. One good example uh, is memory. Lots <laughs> of people <laughs> you know, come yeah. to the site 
and are interested in improving memory. And, and this is a, you know, what's interesting is, you know, um, this is across the whole lifespan. You know, we have uh, young adults who say, I have got attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and I have a hard time paying attention and that causes me to forget things uh, that I don't encode properly. And I ha we have, you know, people, uh, you know, who are young adults who are in the professional workplace and they're saying, Life is so complicated and I have so much information coming at me in so many different directions, I can't remember everything I need to remember. Um, we have, you know, some people in the middle age range and they're saying, you know, I, I'm having a hard time remembering people's names when I meet them at a party. Uh, and then, you know, we have older adults who are saying, you know, I don't remember things quite as well as I used to. And for we all just we just say all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it, you know, I, I certainly, you know, uh, I, I, that's one of the things I really like to get out of training, why I do it uh, you know, every day, is I, I want to improve my memory as well. And you know, the, the way that you do that is you selectively uh, target different kinds of memory function with different games. And so, for example, we've got a, a set of games that are based on a task called the end-back task. And the idea with the end-back task is you have to match things that you saw previously. So we've got one called Speed Match, and Speed Match I, you have to. I've done those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Speed Match, you have to remember the thing you just saw. And that's easy, but when it's two back or more, then it gets a little tricky. Exactly, and then so the idea is, you know, as you go and get better, you can load up on memory. So there's a you know memory match is one where you have to remember things that happened two, you know, items ago. And then memory match overload is three items back. And we've got a face memory workout where you actually go through all of those different levels matching faces. And uh, the idea is that this loads up working memory and targets that, those processes of working memory selectively and exercises them adaptively so that when you get good at one task, you can move on to the next level or do that task faster. And that adaptive nature of the training is really part of what makes it really good exercise and sustainable exercise. And the effects are supposed to be lasting, uh, you say. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you see this in a number of studies that have looked at, uh, you know, the follow-up effects of cognitive training over uh, you know, months and years. And you see that the effects uh, of cognitive training do tend to last, you know, for months and years. And have, you know, for example, uh, there's a large uh, NIH-funded study, National Institutes of Health-funded uh, study, called the ACTIVE study. And the ACTIVE study showed that with about 2,000 or more uh, adults showed that five years after cognitive training interventions, uh, a couple of different interventions that were effective, they showed that there were real benefits in people's lives. For example, they got into fewer traffic accidents. Uh, and they had... Oh. Uh, you know, less problems with activities of daily living than people who didn't do training. That's, well, that's, that's interesting. You, you, you refer to working memory. Uh, to me, that implies that there's memory that isn't working. Tell me, go, tell me a little more about what you mean exactly by working memory. Sure, sure. Uh, memory is split up into a few different, you know, a few different nomenclatures or a few different ways of thinking about memory. Uh, that, that scientists use. And when they say working memory, what they really mean is 
memory that's active. So when you're working on stuff, when you're doing stuff with information uh, actively, that's working memory. So for example, if I gave you uh, a list of numbers to remember, say a phone number, and you had to actively remember that, that would be a slight load on working memory. But now if I had you doing something else while you had to remember that, so you know, now you're multitasking and trying to remember that number. Now you're really loading up on working memory. So the idea is that you have to, or, or if I asked you to, a better example perhaps is if I asked you to you know, solve equations in your head and you had to do uh, multiple of them simultaneously, that kind of thing. So the idea is that working memory is the kind of memory that allows you to form long-term memories. Okay. Can you increase the amount of working memory you have or make it more efficient? Is that what these games do? That's right. So the idea is that uh, through active exercise, you can actually improve the efficiency of working memory. So you can encode more information uh, and store it better uh, long-term. Now, you have a lot of games that work on this specifically, don't you? It seems like almost all of them work on your memory as well as other things. Lots of them do work on memory, and that's you know, for a couple of reasons. One is that this is a lot of what people are, are talking about when they want to improve their cognition. The other is that we know that working memory training is potentially highly ben beneficial, and studies have shown that working memory improvements can help you be better not only at you know, just remembering things, but also even things like can even improve your intelligence. So some studies have shown that working memory uh, training with the kinds of tasks like the NBAC tasks that I mentioned, uh, this sort of training can actually improve your fluid intelligence, so actually make you smarter. Uh, and that's you know, because the, that kind of thinking requires working memory. Uh, and, and so improving that can actually improve your, your IQ. Sounds good to me. Is there anybody that these kind of games cannot help? Well, you know, there's uh, certainly, you know, people who can't benefit uh, who, you know, for whatever reason because they, uh, you know, have some sort of an impairment that doesn't allow them to engage with the tasks. But anyone uh, who can engage with the tasks actively, you know, can, can, can benefit. You know, the, the person that comes to my mind is um, Congressman Gifford. You know, right. she's had the brain injury. Would something like this help her when she's able to start doing more cognitive type work? Could, uh, could this help somebody who's had a, a brain injury? Absolutely. I, I believe so, certainly. And, and you know, the, uh, you know we, we're doing a lot of research uh, in different types of brain injuries. Uh, we, one of, uh, we have a published paper uh, that was published in the, in the journal Brain Injury uh, by a Stanford professor. She was looking specifically at, at childhood survivors of cancers, including brain cancers, which is one form of, of brain injury. But there's been other work in cognitive training and, and brain injuries, and, and it has been uh, shown that you know, brain you know, cognitive training can be effective in, in, in cognitive uh, recovery. And you know what's going to happen with uh, with uh, Congresswoman Gifford is she will undergo uh, cognitive remediation training, 
Uh, most likely, you know, in the clinics that uh, that she will be uh, uh, visiting, she will not probably be using um, uh, the although we're certainly willing to uh, uh, make it available for them if they're <laughs> if they're listening yeah. and want to, to, to do it. Um, we're certainly happy to do that. But she would probably be doing uh, work directly with a therapist, so um, speech and language pathologist, uh, occupational therapist, uh, that sort of thing. And those, uh, th those clinicians will be doing essentially cognitive training, but they won't be using uh, computer programs. They'll be doing paper and pencil tests uh, and different activities to support uh, her improving cognition uh, as she recovers. And so what we've really done is we've taken a lot of that science that goes into that kind of therapy and we've made it accessible. Uh, and it's a tool that, we, that, that those kinds of therapists can use, but it's also a tool that uh, individuals can use uh, on their own. Yeah, it seems that it would be a wonderful thing to have. So in your free time, when you're not with a therapist, you can play games. It's fun, but it's still helping you recover. It just seems like a, a lovely, a, you know, helping type of treatment uh, for anybody who's had an injury or, or, or a trauma of some kind that they, they need to overcome. Exactly. And, you know, the, uh, you know, just as with, you know, the analogy I made before about physical exercise, you know, you go to physical therapy uh, to recover from an injury, but you're doing a lot of the same exercises and using the same equipment in some modified form as you would be doing if you just went to the gym for normal everyday health. And so exactly. Of, yeah, exactly. So we, we think of lumosity as the same sort of thing. It's, it's the equipment that you can use to exercise your brain. Joe, we need to go to a break right now. Hold that thought. We'll come back to it uh, in just a moment. This is Irene Conlon with our guest, Joe, Dr. Joe Hardy of Lumosity for Vo uh, Voice America and the Self-Improvement Show. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. To succeed in life today, you have to respond well to change and be willing to take chances. On Star Style, Be the Star You Are, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan and her sidekick, daughter Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations with live interviews with trailblazers, authors, and experts. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on the Power Hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Variety. For positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio, it's Star Style. Be the star you are. Never say never. Live your dream. If you are looking to get started or are currently operating a home-based business, you might be looking for answers. What are the risks? What business should I get started in? How will I market my business? How do I balance my professional life with my other life? 
for answers, you need to tune into the Home-Based Business Show with Helene Leontos. Each week, we'll bring you a step-by-step practical guide to starting and maintaining your home-based business. Listen every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Joe Hardy from Lumosity. Uh, Joe is a researcher who helps develop the brain games that many of us find incredibly helpful. We're talking about how it helps people who've sustained an injury. I'd like to talk a little more about the kind of people it helps. Tell me um, how it helps. You mentioned earlier children with ADD and ADHD, Joe. Sure. You know, there's a, a fair bit of evidence now uh, in the literature that suggests that uh, cognitive training can help uh, people with ADHD. Uh, and the idea is that uh, one of the things that is, is, uh, is a problem in at least some uh, forms of ADHD, it's, it's, a, it's a highly heterogeneous uh, uh, diagnosis, but uh, it, it, you know, for, for many people, it's a problem of what I would call dynamically allocating attention. So the ability to pay attention to things that you don't necessarily want to pay attention to, but you know that you need to pay attention to them. So, for example, uh, we hear this a lot where uh, a child with ADHD might be able to play, you know, um, uh, so, you know, some sort with some sort of toy that they enjoy very much for a long period of time without disruption. But in the classroom, it's more difficult uh, because they may not be engaged by what they're experiencing, and they may not be able to dynamically uh, alter their attention to, to what they're trying to do. So the idea is to be able to uh, engage the brain in a way that exercises this ability to dynamically allocate attention. Uh, to, so for example, switching from attending to just something right in front of you to attending uh, visually to a wider uh, display. So we have a game called bird watching, and in bird watching, you have to see something in the center as a letter. You have to remember the letter, and then you also have to find where a bird appears in the periphery. And I love uh, that game, by the way. It's one of that's our most popular my... games. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and so that's one sort of like form of uh, dynamically allocating attention. That's divided attention. Uh, we also have, uh, uh, you know, the you know, the idea of having to. Um, dynamically allocate your attention uh, across different objects, uh, you know, or uh, across different uh, things that you need to be able to remember, remembering multiple items at the same time. Uh, and so through exercising this ability, you can actually bolster uh, this, this capacity that's critical uh, for being able to uh, engage with uh, activities that you need to be able to engage with every day. Does it help that the games are short enough to keep them engaged until they finish the game? Is this easier for them than having longer 
games? Because most of yours just take a few minutes. Yeah, the idea is that the, um, you know, the, the experience of training is broken up into individual uh, exercise uh, you know, uh, sessions. And so you, know, you play a, a game for 90 seconds or two minutes. Uh, then you go on and do another game. Uh, and so you play five or so games each session. And the idea there is that um, you have to be able to not only sustain your attention for a fixed period that's not excessively long, but is still you know, fairly long, and then you have to be able to switch to a new task. And that switching to a new task is a key part of this dynamic allocation of attention, the ability to switch your mental set from what you had been doing to something new. And so by you know, moving across these different tasks, you're, you're, you're sort of, it's almost like circuit training. You're, you're circuit training your brain. Uh, you're, keeping it, uh, you're keeping your frontal lobes active. That's one of the key things in, in this type of training. Frontal lobes are that part of the brain that especially the prefrontal cortex. Prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that allows you to focus on the things that you need to focus on and ignore the things you need to ignore. It allows you to switch between different types of tasks. It allows you to do multitasking. So the ability to sort of uh, engage that part of the brain and, and use that actively to uh, help you work out the entire brain uh, through this cognitive control uh, that the frontal lobes offers uh, is, is a key part of the training. How does this work with children who are easily, um, I guess, more excitable? They, you know, are easily stressed. And this is a little pressure, trying to do this faster, better, you know, whatever. How do they do with it? Well, you know, I don't have a lot of information on that specific uh, situation. But I do know that uh, one of our colleagues, uh, Annette Guriak, uh, at the University of California, Berkeley, is studying uh, the effects of cognitive training with Lumosity uh, on uh, emotion regulation specifically. And so she's interested in the idea that if you can control your cognition more effectively, can you also then regulate your emotional uh, you know, state more efficiently and more effectively? Uh, the well, research there is, you know, is preliminary, but there's some positive evidence there. Well, and they start out at an easy level and build up into complexity and speed and so forth, so they'd be able to adjust uh, upward gradually so it wouldn't be quite as stressful, it seems. That's just my guess. Um, and they get like rewards a- right away. You know, the yeah, rewards that- are nice. Yeah, that, that's an important part for anybody, really. Uh, the, the, you hit on two of the key aspects of the training. One is yeah, the uh, adaptivity. And the idea is that you want to be able to keep it at a level that's engaging and challenging without being frustrating. Uh, because as anyone who's ever tried to learn anything knows, frustration is the enemy of learning. And you keep the games at a level that you can engage with, but you're still challenged. And, and as you get better, the games can become more challenging. Uh, that's and it's exciting. Part. You know, even for somebody my age, it's exciting when you realize that you finished a, a you know a section and you can do that easily now. It was hard the first couple times, and now it's really easy. And you go on to something a little harder, and you you see progress, and you know it's it's rewarding. Some of us haven't been in school for a while, but it's it's nice to see that yes, there's feedback, and you can do it. it it's it it's always I guess we all need our 
little atta girls and atta boys, even if it's on a computer screen. Well, yeah, the the idea of reward is really important, and it's it's incredibly important for the brain to be able to engage in new learning. And uh, the idea there is that the dopamine system is the system that really is most is a dopamine is a neurotransmitter in the brain, and it's that part of the that that system in the brain that really uh, regulates reward, and it's really important for learning because the release of dopamine is that thing that says, all right, that was good, do that again. Uh, and, you know, it's also, it also makes you feel good, too. So that, it's kind of a, a, a win-win there. One of the things that we hear the most from uh, our users in terms of what they get out of the training is um, an improvement in confidence, which is very interesting. People, you know, often report that doing the training actually makes them uh, doing lumosity actually makes them feel more confident. That's interesting, and and that's a great reward. Are there there are, w- there are a number of rewards built in here? You get your score. You can see whether you went up or down. You can see how much you improved or did not improve. You have a chance to do it over. I love the do overs. Um, you have the dopamine factor, which makes you feel good. What other kind of rewards are built in here that may not be quite so obvious? Are there more? One of the uh, most important rewards is the uh, ability to track your own progress over time and to see yourself improving. We have a system called BPI, which is the Brain Performance Index. And the Brain Performance Index is kind of like, you know, it's sort of like an overall one number that you can use to track how you're doing uh, on the games and how your brain is progressing as you play these games. Uh, and that you can watch this you know, change over time. And as you get better, uh, you, know, you, can, you can see that, that number growing. And it's, it's a way to, it's kind of like stepping on the scale. You can kind of see where you're at. And it's a tremendous reward if you see that number going up and up. Oh, it's wonderful. And then you could see your progress on a graph, which brings me to something I don't know whether you, you may be aware of, but I certainly am because I got a notice by email saying that if you subscribe now, today's the last day, you get 25% off. Um, the price is already quite, quite reasonable, but today you get 25% off. So why don't you tell them, Joe, how they can reach Lumosity in case anybody doesn't know about it and would like to subscribe. I mean, it's a good savings. It, it's easy for people on fixed income to handle, um, and certainly for a family that has a number of children, it's a, a price that even they can handle. So tell us how to reach you, how to find Lumosity. Sure. If you go to the web uh, and uh, go to the website, www.lumosity, L-U-M, O-S-I-T-Y dot com, that's lumosity.com, you can uh, be introduced to the website. There's a lot of information there about the benefits of uh, lumosity training and how to, how to sign up. You can go to, uh, to register, and you can register for a free trial. So you can actually uh, start training with no, you know, without having to actually you know, decide right away whether you want to buy something. And, uh, but let me say, like let me say that they're going to be hooked by the time they finish those two free weeks, and then you're going to kick yourself because you didn't enroll while you got 25% off. So, <laughs> so and, and I'm not even a salesman, and I don't work for Lumosity, but I just—it's such a really great deal that I encourage 
uh, anybody who's listening that that wants to do this to to do it today. Today's the last day for the twenty five percent off. Did, did I, I? I figured that maybe in research you didn't quite know that they were running specials, but maybe you knew that. Well, they they they, they have a whole system uh, over there uh, on the marketing side, and I, I don't uh, I don't know too much about yeah. that, so I won't comment on that. But uh, but uh, yeah, that's great that uh, that, that you, you're into the deal. And uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, you know, it's, it really is a very affordable uh, a program. I mean, the, the, the starting rate, you know, is like fourteen ninety five a month, uh, which is really, you know, you think about it, like fifty cents a day. It's not that much money at all to spend well, on you know, think, your brain. I think with the, if you do a one year at the twenty five percent off, I think it was four ninety nine a month or something like that. You just pay for the whole year. I think it was fifty nine dollars. I mean, my brain needs all the help it can get. I jumped at that, so you know, it's uh, it's a deal. It, it it is and it's incredibly worthwhile. It's it's such a great program. I should work for you guys, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, we, we should. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, but but it, it's, I guess, you see such quick results. It's astonishing to me how quickly results come. And you know what? It's time to go to a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your work with mice. Um, this is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show with my guest, Dr. Joe Hardy of Lumosity. We'll be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you looking for tips, tricks, secrets, and techniques that you can use anywhere, anytime, on virtually any problem? Tune in to Magic at Your Fingertips with EFT virtuoso Teresa Bolin. You are a divine manifestation of love and light. Take back control of your life and create the life that you want using EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. You'll overcome the obstacles that stand in the way of living your heart's desire. Magic at Your Fingertips airs live at 6 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. in Japan on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. We all lead busy lives, and sometimes we think we can't take care of our health. We battle food addictions, time restrictions, and media conflictions when it comes to our health. Now, you can tune in to the Dare to Be Healthy show with host Alia Almoyed. Good health comes to those who dare to take the leap into the amazing world of natural healing. Find out what it's like to look and feel great. And finally, live your life to its maximum potential. Let Alia and her guests show you how. Dare to Be Healthy is broadcast live Mondays at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. 
the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Joe Hardy of Lumosity. Um, Dr. Joe Hardy, you have an article on Lumosity that says, even mice benefit from brain training. Tell me, tell me about mice and brain games. Well, I was, uh, this is an article that I read that I was fascinated by, and I thought I'd, I'd you know, talk a little bit about it and let people know a little bit about it. But the idea was uh, these researchers basically uh, made uh, increasingly challenging uh, tasks. So there's, this, there's a, sort of a maze task that a lot of mice are put through to, in different learning experiments. And they basically found that by making a more complex version of this maze task and challenging uh, essentially the working memory of these mice, they could actually make these mice smarter. And that, that, that ability uh, actually transferred to untrained tasks. So, uh, and of course, they saw changes in the brain as well that, uh, of the mice that, that corresponded to that. So I thought that was, it was interesting that, you know, it's, this is not a unique characteristic of the human brain that, that exercising it uh, will make okay. it more effective, but actually, uh, you know, even mice can, can benefit. Oh, time out here. How do you measure uh, improvement in a mo- mouse's brain? Well, there's a, you know, a few different types of tasks. I believe the one that they used here was a, wa- a Morris water maze, and the idea there is that the mice have to figure out how to be able to swim to safety and under different conditions, and they were able to be more effective at uh, performing this task. Okay, uh, so you measure it in terms of what they're able to learn to do. Exactly. You, you don't put a little EEG or something on these mice. Well, and sometimes you can also record uh, from the brains of the mice, actually, or, or specific neurons in, in the mouse's brain as well. Interesting. You know, some of the people are probably saying, oh, this is just a bunch of games, and it's a lot of fun, so you know, how can it be good for me? How do you answer question, that question when it comes up? Because these games really are a lot of fun. Uh, well, how do you, go ahead. Yeah, the, I mean, the idea of, uh, uh, the engagement of the, of the exercises and, and the fact that they're actually fun is a key component of it, as it turns out. As I mentioned before, you know, when you play Lumosity, uh, you're rewarded. Uh, you're rewarded because you're, you're achieving, you're, you're accomplishing these challenges. But you're also given, uh, you know, our game designers are really good, and they, they know how to make uh, fun games out of these basic science tasks. So these tasks that are targeting different parts of the brain are turned into games by the Lumosity uh, brain de- uh, by the Lumosity game developers, and so it makes it fun. And actually, that fun factor makes it more effective. It makes it more effective in two ways. First of all, you're more likely to do it, and you're more likely to stick with it. And if you don't do it, obviously, you're not going to benefit. Also, the more engagement, the more reward you experience from the tasks, the more dopamine is released in your brain, and that dopamine uh-huh. is a key gating factor to uh, actually, you know, brain plasticity and, and brain change. 
Talk a little bit about brain plasticity. You mentioned that throughout your website. Talk, tell the, you know, talk about that just a little bit in case listeners don't know what neuroplasticity is. Sure. Neuroplasticity is the brain's innate ability to change itself uh, to uh, you know, deal with changing conditions in the environment uh, and to reorganize itself to be more efficient and effective on, under the right circumstances. Uh, so, you know, a few years ago, uh, researchers, you know, thought that the brain was essentially fixed after a young age and couldn't change. Uh, we now know, uh, you know, modern research is showing us that the brain is incredibly adaptable at, at every age and can change throughout the lifespan. And that ability is called neuroplasticity. We see it in, in all kinds of different animals and, and humans in, in particular. Uh, and, you know, we see that, you know, in behavior. We see it in the actual the brain itself at all different levels. Uh, the brain can, you know, grow new neurons. It can, uh, it can essentially, uh, the, the fiber tracts running across the brain, uh, so-called white matter, can be improved, can be increased. The size of different parts of the brain, like the hippocampus, which is very important for memory, can be grown. You can actually grow parts of the brain with activity. Uh, and in particular, uh, the synaptic, uh, connections, the, the, the neuronal connections, the part, the, these uh, signaling pathways in the brain are highly plastic and can be changed through experience and can be uh, elaborated through experience. So there's all different ways that the brain can change itself uh, under the right conditions, and so that's called neuroplasticity. This brings up another group that probably can be helped by this. How about people who've had strokes? Do they, can they regenerate brain cells more quickly if they play games such as these? Well, after, is that a after, after a stroke, there is a natural period of recovery. And, uh, you know, where the brain, and actually the stroke uh, survivors themselves are, are excellent uh, examples of the brain's natural ability to recover and uh, repair itself. And, uh, you know, the thought that that might be bolstered by cognitive training is certainly something that's very interesting. Uh, clinicians believe it. Uh, they do forms of cognitive therapy for uh, stroke patients who are fortunate enough to, to, to receive this type of training, uh, to receive this type of care. Not all uh, insurance companies uh, support it, but uh, for example, occupational therapists, um, uh, uh, you know, speech and language pathologists will work with stroke survivors doing the kind of therapies that they do, which are forms of cognitive training, uh, and, and, and work with them to try to you know, improve their brains and, uh, and, and, you know, get the best outcomes they, they can. It seems like it would be highly beneficial, but I guess it would depend on the severity of the stroke and where the stroke happened. What yeah, are some I other mean, ways to keep the brain fit? So, there, you know, there are a few other, you know, you know obviously, uh, you know, as, as we've been talking about, you know, uh, keep, you know staying, keeping the brain active, uh, you know, through exercises, explicit exercises like lumosity is one great way to keep the brain fit, but that's not the only way by far. Uh, there are lots of other things you can do. One, one thing that you can do uh, is actually just to keep the brain active in other ways, taking on new challenges. Uh, for example, you know, learn a new language or travel to a new place that you've never been before. This is the kind of activity that really stimulates the brain uh, and stimulates uh, brain plasticity. Um, other things that are really important for brain health are diet, exercise, sleep, 
and social engagement. So Those diet is, same things. Hmm. It's the same things that are good for your body or good for your brain. Your brain is part of your body, and it's an organ, just like your heart is an organ, and it needs uh, to be cared for. And so, you know, just being generally healthy, I guess, is, is good for the brain. But there are specific things that are thought to be, there's not, you know, 100% consensus on, on the dietary components, but, you know, there are good sense things that, may, you know, that you should follow for your heart anyway. So, you know, you know eating diets that are low in saturated fats and, uh, you know, that are high in antioxidants, uh, and also omega-3 fatty acids are thought to potentially be important in brain health, although there's, the research is, is somewhat, uh, you know, uncertain in that regards. But, uh, you know, eating fish and things like that may be good for the brain. Um, yeah, we've always you know, heard that's brain food, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be the case, seems to be the case. And, uh, you know, certainly quitting smoking if you smoke, that is, is a good thing to do for your brain. Anything, uh, you know, that you can do to keep your brain, the blood flowing in your brain is good. And so, uh, you know, quitting smoking is one of the things that can, can help you there. Um, another thing that's thought to be really important for the brain is social engagement. So having a network of people who you can interact with on a regular basis is very important for keeping your brain active. And it, the brain is really, you know, the human mind and the human brain is really designed to be, uh, you know, a social organ. Uh, it, human beings are social creatures and, and our, our brains are designed to, to deal with uh, human interaction and, and they need that uh, to, to stay stimulated. So people, if they don't have anybody around, can make a phone call or do whatever to, to at least engage in conversation at some point in their day. You're saying that's important. Exactly. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, if there's someone who's, who's remote, who's not around you, you can write a letter or, or you know, uh, write a, a note of appreciation or something like that. That's been found to be very beneficial for mood and, uh, and, and maybe stimulating for the brain as well. Or an email. <laughs> Joe, yeah, we're exactly. right at the end of the show. I wish we had another hour. I could talk to you about this for a long, long time. I appreciate so much your being on the show, and I hope um, that Lumosity is going to hear from a lot of people because of this conversation. Do you have I any mean, last words? Yeah. Thank you so very much. Next week, we'll be talking to Dr. Eleanor Schottstedt about sleep how to get those z's so we'll see you next week on the self-improvement show have a good week this is irene conlon with her guest dr joe hardy from lumosity saying goodbye have a good week we'll see you later thank you again for joining dr irene conlon for the self-improvement show please listen again next thursday at 3 p.m eastern time 12 noon pacific time on the world talk radio variety channel Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.